Heidi Mike Tenay Hortaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Coming up on the program, Friday's program, talking costs just after four, with data showing how much costs have ballooned since 2019, less than three years ago. Also, half of New Zealand doctors will retire. Get this in 13 years, one three. That from a new report. Will that include your family doctor? Dr. Brian Betty, he runs his own practice in Portadour. He's with us uh, on that. And making public transport half price. We've been mulling over that this week, haven't we? But can a city the size of Auckland realistically make public transport free? We talk about that today. And it is World Sleep Day today. You might have a question for our expert. That's after 4.30. I have one. Does it matter if you have many many months of broken sleep. Does it actually matter? That's mine. What's yours? You can text me 2101 or you can email me the panel at rnz.co.nz. Oh, and by the way, who really mends their clothes? Be honest. Does anyone, anyone in 2022 get out the needle kit and repair that hole in the jeans or that hole under the arm? I'd like to know. With me this afternoon, I'm Manaheri today, inclusive Aotearoa Collective Tahono co-lead and Christchurch Call Advisory Network co-chair, Anjum Raman. Lovely to have you as a panellist, Anjum. Sure, Wallace. It's lovely to be here. It's been a long time since <laughs> I've done the panel, so it's <laughs> really nice it? to be back. Yeah, nice to have you in the hot seat again. Uh, also <laughs> with us, uh, we have Steve McCabe. Steve's a lecturer at MIT. Kia ora, Steve. Good to have you here. Kia ora Yeah, both sounding loud and clear uh, through the phones. And I want to jump into the Friday mailbag first because uh, it was a week of a lot of feedback. Uh, and let's let's go straight to this. The topic that we, you know, cherish our supermarket workers, we, 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 we talk of that, we honour them as frontline workers, but we just don't pay them enough. And one uh, advocate suggested that uh, it is time for our supermarkets across the Motu to get the living wage. And Garnier is a supermarket work, worker. He wrote in. He said, look, I was uh, trained on the job. I'm a supermarket worker, frontline, not by a more experienced colleague, but by being put in front of customers and expected to work the job out. So these aren't necessarily highly skilled jobs, yet their employers earn more than a million dollars a day in excess profits. So my question is, are supermarket workers more akin to Robin Hood's Merry Band or the Sheriff of Nottingham's lackeys? It's a moral conundrum for me. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are, Andrew, around making uh, our supermarket workers' pay packets just a little bit fatter than they are in terms of you know, the living wage. Yeah, I'm I'm a, a strong supporter of the living wage movement. Um, I think it's critically important that we pay people enough so that they can um, have decent leisure time, can have a life that is, you know, less stressful because they aren't having to worry about whether they have enough for food or to pay the rent. I don't think it's fair that we take people's labour and not provide them with that. And these people have been putting their health at risk for two years. Um, And even if they hadn't, they still deserve a living wage, but they have also been doing that. And there should be an additional recognition of the fact that they have been out there as essential workers every day, making sure the rest of us have food. Out there every day, making sure the rest of us, Steve McCabe, uh, have food. What do you think? Well, I mean, Anjum is obviously completely correct. It is absolutely axiomatic that anybody who is working 
deserves to be paid a living wage. That's just common decency. But in particular, these are people who have been told for the last two years how essential they are. So if that's essential, let's recognize that, pay them, pay them um, an amount of money that reflects the fact that they are the front line for businesses that are making huge profits. So absolutely pay them what they're worth. One thing I make, incidentally make a point mm -hmm. of doing is when I go to the supermarket, I always go through the human checkout lines. I don't use the, the self-checkouts because I want to make sure that these people get to keep in work. Because if, if we keep on using the self-checkouts, eventually those jobs are going to disappear. So I but it's easier. In work. It's easier. It's so oh, that, easy to go through the self-checkout. And and, and and there you go. You're going to see. You will well, see you people lose their Andrew. jobs. Well, it's what's, for what's, your convenience. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You what's the hate about them, Andrew? Oh, I don't know. I just I don't like dealing with technology. I don't like having to scan my own groceries. And it's like these are people that have jobs which I want to support. So um, absolutely support Steve's point. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, so, I, you're I, not I you're not a monster like Wallace. Then that's good to know. <laughs> I, 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 I love scanning my own things. I love doing that. I, I love all the self-checkout stuff. So, you know, I will not stop using the self-checkout. I'll tell you what. Anyway, uh, an item in the ABC about a woman confronting a group of men who had signs rating people out of 10 as they ran by. This was a uh, front page of ABC News in Australia. A uh, big response to that. Uh, Fiona here. Uh, Fiona here. Every single man in this country who makes comments about our Prime Minister's appearance and gets a laugh from it is part of this huge damn problem capital letters sexism and misogyny is rife haven't you seen the groundswell and anti-mandate signs disgusting and don't be surprised if their sons carry uh, this on another one here as an older feminist woman we thought we could change the world change our men we have to acknowledge we failed the only real change is that we women feel more confident and powerful the majority of men haven't changed Tell them to grow up, losers. That's this person's view. Uh, I don't know if you caught this uh, piece, uh, Anjum, but um, just on that note there, the the, the, the the wording of misogyny around what uh, the Prime Minister has been called, that is really uh, something of note, isn't it? It's awful, and it's not new because, you know, Helen Clark had faced that. Uh, we saw uh, was Julia Gillard in Australia and other women leaders around the world. Um and it's not solely a woman's thing because I still remember um, David Longy having to have stomach surgery or something to make him fit enough, you know, to look good enough to be prime minister and he had old makeover. And I feel like, you know, yes, absolutely, there's a, another level with the misogyny, but it's just that that cultural thing that we've gotten into where we're judging people um, by their appearance and not focusing on the issues and why we don't need to be they are what they are let's focus on what's bothering us about policies or what's lacking um, but it's scary I, I have to say what I'm seeing in terms of commentary about our current prime minister is scary that's interesting Steve you want to respond to that I, I feel like Angela and I are going to get on like a house on fire today because I mean I agree with every word I just all right it, forget the love shabby the way people do this I mean you know like look 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 at the policies um, a political party comes out with and you go yeah well you know what I agree with every single word of the, that they've said but I don't find their leader sexually attractive enough and therefore I'm not going to vote for them what kind of logic would that be and yet that seems to be the way people think dear lord what a mess the world is uh, now. 
Anna Dean, uh, and other news, uh, dipping north into the Friday Mailberg, Anna Dean, who was on the panel the other day, said that she collected knitted clothes hangers. Uh, it sent a flurry of texts saying that you know, we do the same, uh, collect knitted clothes hangers as well. These are clothes hangers that might have gone down the family and family traditions and that type of thing, and you've collected, you keep them, uh, gathering dust in the cupboards and such like. But also people who collect other interesting items. And of all the emails, one particular collection really interested me. With us on the line is Meryl. Meryl, lovely to have you on the panel. Hello, Wallace. Thank you for having me. Meryl, what do you collect? Swizzle sticks, Wallace. Little um, drink stirring sticks. Yeah, yeah. Why do you collect swizzle sticks? Well, I've been thinking about that, and I think yeah. that, you know, when we went to the pub in the 1970s, there wasn't any wine, and so we drank, if you didn't like beer, you drank spirits, and uh, if we had enough cash, we used to buy cocktails, and uh, I got my first one, and I was hooked, and every drink thereafter, I always asked for a swizzle stick. I've got about 80 of them. You don't. I do. And some you... of those are double ups, but about maybe 60 that are all different. What's a swizzle stick that'll blow us away today? Well, my favourite one is a Ron Rico rum one from Puerto Rico. It has a little whistle on the top of it, so when mm-hmm. you finish your drink, you whistle for the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah. Do you have it with you? Do you have it there? I do. Can you blow it for us, please? I can. Hold on. Talking swizzle sticks this afternoon. Uh, Meryl's just gone to get her Rico swizzle stick to blow through. Any minute now. Did you hear it? Shall I do it again? All right. Here we go. (laughs) There are bartenders across the motu right now going, (laughs) Yeah, that's great, Meryl. Um, Steve. I've only got one classy one. It's uh, a glass one with a hand-blown glass camel on the top of it that a friend bought me back a few years ago from Dubai. Yeah. The rest of them I, are pretty trashy. I, I, I love it. I love it. I just want to say uh, I honour and I thank you for sharing your swizzle stick. Uh, uh, <laughs> Anjum, uh, I didn't know what a swizzle stick was. Did you know what one was? No, I'm not. No. I mean, I don't drink alcohol, and so I'm not um, also into the big fancy mocktails and those no. kinds of things. So those, that whole area, I think Steve's probably the better one to comment on. Oh, he definitely um, would be the better one to my, comment on this. Yeah, Steve? my pet thing is credit yeah. cards, so I had heaps. You, you, <laughs> whoa, 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 hang on. You... Old ones, old ones. Like, I just keep stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How many do you have now? Do you, do you, have you, you still got them? Yeah, I do. Oh, I don't know. I have to diners? Do you have diners? <laughs> no, no. I don't, I don't, no, I didn't go for the posh ones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Meryl. Lovely to have you on the program. I really appreciate it, and thank you very much. Now, we have a, we, I've got a picture of your Swizzle Stick collection. Would you mind if I shared it to uh, our audience? No, go ahead. Thanks Lovely. for having me, Wallace. Pleasure. That's Meryl there, who is a, a Swizzle Stick collector. What do you collect, Steve? Not very much, to be perfectly honest. I haven't got the patience or the, the, the diligence. Like that, 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 it requires too much commitment for me, to be honest. No. Um, now, um, uh, Wallace, you are tone deaf to the point of being a sociopathic regarding uh, not using the self-checkout. Look, I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm, 
I don't mind what I use. I just go to the supermarket, and if the if the express checkout counter is quicker, I'll use that. I don't mind. Uh, huge response regarding uh, mending. You, you do mend your clothes, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, more on that later on. Anyway, uh, what do we got? Uh, it is uh, time for I've Been Thinking. Anjum, what are your thoughts today? Um, so I've been um, doing a little bit of work around the um, government social cohesion yeah. um, program, the work that they're sort of getting underway. Uh, and they started with some um, community engagement last year around June and July, and they've been working through a process. And um, because it's what I've been doing recently, it's really top of mind. But it's also, one, it's critical to the work we do at Inclusive Aotearoa, but it's also, um, you know, when, when we're seeing currently the level of vitriol, the hate, the, the, the sort of stuff that's happening um, within society and everything feels quite a bit fragile at the moment, um, both domestically and internationally. I think it's so critical that we we really put some effort into this um, this work around how do we bring communities together. And that doesn't mean we agree on everything. Actually, for me, social cohesion is about how do we learn to fundamentally disagree on the most basic things and still not be violent to each other? You know, how do we understand and appreciate each other regardless of the fact that we can't think the same and we won't think the same? Um, So, yeah, I, I, I just feel like it's just so urgent right now and I really really hope that that not just that the government approves the program and starts investing in communities um, for me that's really important this work has to happen in communities and they have to invest and get funding into communities to do it um, but also that all parties across the board if there's a change of government commit to this. Andrew Kiora, a wonderful I've been thinking. All right Steve McCabe. Well, I know we're going to be talking later on today about uh, the cost of living and it is yes. going up. So one, one thing we could possibly do to, to mitigate the damage that's doing is by addressing taxation. Now, I know I've talked before about the fact that we need to completely eliminate taxation on earned income. And I know that's a, a much larger conversation. But how about this for a first baby step? Um, how about getting rid of um, the lowest tax bracket in New Zealand? So currently, if you um, if it's $14,000 a year, you're taxed at 10.5%. Let's get rid of that. Let's let's make sure that the lowest income earners, the ones who most need the money, don't have to pay that first 10%. It's going to put about $28 a week back into people's pockets. Not a massive amount, but it's all going to help. I mean, you could possibly even raise the- You're talking about the, no tax, no tax at all. Z- the lowest taxation brand should be zero. Uh, it works in Britain up to, I think, uh, okay. £15,000, about $30,000 is untaxed. And we can we can make up that money by putting it onto the higher tax brackets. Okay. You know, maybe the cost of a bottle of Pinot Noir a week, they can afford it, but let's help the lower wage right. now. Kia ora both. Uh, that is Steve McCabe and Jim Rahman. Stay with us this afternoon. Friday's panel, lots to discuss on today's programme. Four to five, right here.